Yeah, I'm just gonna do it. This is the news, according to me. Good morning. It is uh, Thursday, December 21st, 9-11 a.m. 2023. I have, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going to do this show. I, I have, uh, I have a lot of things I wanted to cover. And unfortunately, I've, I've spent almost all morning. I've, I've, I've been up since about 6.30 this morning and um, trying to compile some things and put put some things together, record recordings, audio, what that kind of thing. It just, it just isn't coming together this morning. I don't know why. Maybe tomorrow morning will be different. I really had planned on getting getting this show in the can much earlier. Now, I have to say uh, yesterday, after I did the show yesterday, I, I was kind of caught up in some other things and got kind of busy and was unable to really put put my show prep together for I really because I really wanted to to punch this thing out of out of the park today, but um, it's gonna have to wait till tomorrow. But I have my chai, and that's important. I have, um, of course, my my creamy vanilla chai and my cinnamon creamer. In my backup cup, however, you'll never guess what this is. Not that you should try, but I, I have. Uh, in my cup here, I've got, I think it's called Celsius water. Celsius? This is peach vibe. It's kind of, it's kind of got that sweet tart kind of taste to it. Kind of, I don't know. It's probably got something bad in it for you. Supposedly has no aspartame, uh, which is, that's my biggest concern. That, that stuff is really bad for you, for your uh, everything, my opinion. It's supposed to have some vitamins in it. It's kind of got this almost, almost kind of a, almost carbonated, not quite. Um, but it's got kind of a peachy kind of tangy taste to it, which is okay. It'd be interesting to try it with tea, sweet tea. I mix it in my sweet tea, see what it tastes like. I don't know. But for the most part, I'm going to be sticking with my, uh, my chai here this morning. However, I, I drank half my chai trying to put the show together. So we'll see how that goes. Mostly what I'm going to cover today. If you heard, if you heard yesterday's show, you're probably going to hear more just more of the same thing today. Uh, probably. I mean, who knows? Who knows where this show is going to go? You never know where this show could end up going. It's, uh, yeah, I could end up talking about you know, how I used to clip my toenails. You know, you just never know about this show. Speaking of toenails, <laughs> here I go. I'm going to go. <laughs> Go down that bunny trail. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to refrain. I'm going to try. I'm going to do everything. Oh, boy. I have um, interesting things. I just got, I got sent this article just recently by, just this morning by a fellow uh, buddy of mine. He, he um, apparently, I haven't got to see the the, uh, the article yet. I didn't actually click on it because I literally was starting the show when I saw this email. I had um Apparently, Ben Shapiro thinks that barring Trump from the ballots is a recipe for violence. You know, I know what it stirs up in me. I know how sick to my stomach I was when I heard that the Supreme Court of Colorado was going to remove Trump from the ballot. Now, because I knew that this, where this domino was going to end up, uh, what, what, the other dominoes that were going to fall. And 
it really upset me. Now, I've, I've heard some pretty hopeful things from other people. Um, I think the best analysis I've heard is, was from Roman Bamakov. He, he has things called it's a channel called Facts Matter on YouTube, and he has he did a, a pretty. You know, a lot of times he gets very very good at explaining technical things. However, he he gets into the technical weeds, and it's sometimes he he just um, I, I I lose it. I mean, I, I I lose track of where he's at. I have to slow down and take notes because he he literally covers things very technically. Very, he's a little bit of a fast speaker. Not that I have anything wrong, you know, against fast speakers. By the way, uh, I I tend to, some days I am one. Other days, not so much. However, uh, in this case, he was talking through the whole thing and explains it very well, which is the nice thing about YouTube is you can play it over again. So it's not like he's just, you know, you're having a conversation with the guy. He's just, he's getting information out there in a short period of time, which I think is helpful. Um, I really appreciate his shows because he really does do his research. He, he really does, you know, get the background stories on information and he just kind of says, here's, here's, here's the way it is. Here's, here's the facts. Here's what actually happened. And then he kind of leaves it up to you to decide. Um, he obviously has, has, you know, he comes across with an obvious opinion, but he, he doesn't doesn't just leave it there. He leaves it open for you know to, you know kind of like prove me wrong or whatever. He's you know kind of his, his attitude. Um, there's uh, interesting things that happen on the left is you can't you can't have a discussion like that with people mostly on the left. They they they, they just there's this really good clip I saw this morning of this lady who says, "Are you voting for Donald Trump?" And this lady says, "Yes." She says, you're a white supremacist. She says, how do you, how do you how, why do you call me white supremacist? Because you're voting for that man. What, how does that relate to me being a white supremacist? Well, you just are, because that's, that's because you're voting for that man. You're, you're a white supremacist. She, she said, well, are you voting for, for Joe Biden? She said, yes. So, well, then you're a pedophile. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I mean, it, it's just, that's the point that we're at. It's, it's just... Um, you, you like sniffing kids. And I, I wouldn't have gone down that road. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone down the road of actually saying any specifics. I would have just said, you are because I think you are. I, I just, you just are because I'm calling you one. Like, that's, that's, the, that's where they're at with this whole thing. There's no proof. There's no evidence. Now, he's come out and made some statements. Now, what, what, one of the things that the, the news media is really good at twisting around. Oh, he's, he used rhetoric in his speech. He called his opposition vermin. Hitler used the word vermin in one of his speeches. Yeah, uh, Hitler used, you know, and then they say, well, we're going to open up Mein Kampf and we're going to look at how he, how the, the he po they're poisoning the blood of, because he, because Trump said something about poisoning the blood and this immigration issue is poisoning the blood of our country. He's, he's not talking about racial things here. That's, that's the way they're taking it. That's because they see everything in race. In fact, Candace Owens was recently being interviewed by a CNN reporter. <clears throat> and in the process, CNN reporter you know, posted, a, she, she showed a tweet of, of one of Candace Owens' tweets. And she said something about uh, the le leftists are, are just, you know, the race, they're the racists of our time. They're the race, you know, the race baiting racists or whatever she said. And this lady came back and said, so you're, you're saying I'm a racist? And she said, well, let me take you back to the beginning of this conversation. And she shows her an example of how she assumed because of her race that she felt a certain way about the, you know, about the president and certain things, blah, blah, blah. And she said, you assumed all these things because, and she, of course, during that process, she kept interrupting her. She said, please stop interrupting me. Please let me speak. She was, she was very polite about it. But she wasn't going to be deterred in this, in this process of explaining 
this thing, pointed out very clearly that every, this lady saw everything through the lens of race. Now, I would not call that racism. Now, this is, and this is where my definition, I think, I think we, maybe I'm just getting into semantics here, but the left likes to call anything that's related to you referring to someone as a specific race, even just talking about their race or talking about something that's a problem within a racial group, within a people group, you become racist, xenophobic, whatever it is. I, I guess xenoph- xenophobia, in my understanding, is, 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 is it an Islamic thing? Because there are white people who are Islam are, are, are Islamist, Muslim. I, I don't I don't understand that part of the, it, Jew, being a Jew is not a race. My nephew is, is a he's got German background. It, it's not a race. It's a, it's a religion. And and but that's the, they've divided up to the point where now where. Many of the people who are involved and in, in, in members of Louis Farrakhan's group, Nation of Islam, up in Chicago, many of the people who are involved in that group believe that Christianity and the Christian religion is a white man's religion. It's the white man's religion. Uh, no, actually it's not. It is actually as much of a Jewish religion as it is anything else. Because Jesus was a Jew. He was born a Jew of Jewish parents. He went through all the Jewish rituals, fulfilled all the Jewish law. Taught as a Jew. In fact, his, as far as his theology is concerned, is 99% what the Pharisees would have been teaching. Now, their interpretation and their inaction, they, just because they had blind, these are religious people, not all of them, but most of them were religious people who couldn't see the very one they were teaching about right in front of their face. That terrifies me, by the way, that I would not be able to recognize Jesus because of my religion getting in the way. That, that, that should terrify all of us. So these teachers of the law who were, you know, properly teaching for the most part, they had the proper theology in terms of, you know, what they, you know, they believe in the resurrection, they believe in all this. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. The, in the, uh, oh, what was the other group? I can't even think of it. Was, uh, the, uh, whatever they were. Uh, and you had the scribes and, the, you know, the, all the other, uh, but, the, but it was, was the, it was this group and and so Jesus was was taught as a Jew he he taught as a Jew he was raised as a Jew taught as a Jew lived as a Jew in the Jewish faith was crucified a sign was hung on his cross that said king of the Jews now this was done by the Romans the of course the it made the Pharisees mad the teachers the certain Jews there they were they were all upset about it <clears throat> however that's there was no no make no mistake it wasn't the 
king of anything else. He was king of the Jews. Now, for some reason, we're supposed to believe that he's coming back as a Catholic. I don't, I don't think so. I, that's nothing. I'm not trying to slam the Catholic Church. No, he's not coming back as an evangelical. And the problem, I think, with the Western Church is that we do not recognize our Judaic roots. The important, yeah. The, okay, so the Scripture is very important. The Torah is very important. But before there was a written Torah, there was the there was the spoken Torah. It was passed down from generation to generation. It was not even supposed to be written down originally. And then we have the feasts, which have almost as much to do with Scripture and the teachings and prophetic as anything, as much as the, the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation have ever had. And, and we in the Western church do almost nothing with Judaic feasts. And they are rich and ripe with understanding. And I don't, I don't think that the, the Jewish people who have not accepted Messiah are going to see Messiah until we in the Western church, if we really want to reach out to them, begin to understand and recognize and not, 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 I'm not saying in a legalistic way. I'm just saying we need to embrace the feasts. So I don't know. It, this, this, that's where I'm at with that whole thing. I don't want to get, and again, it's not, it's not a legalistic thing. It's not a thing where we have to perform, have to perform them. It's, it's that we need to perform them. If we want to be effective, I think, in terms of reaching out to our, our, our cousins in the faith, the ones we've been engrafted into. Paul was very clear. We've been engrafted into the branch. And I think that's important to recognize. And it's you know, much like Joseph was not recognized by his brothers until they came close and saw that he was circumcised. They didn't recognize him because he looks so much like Egypt. I think we look too much like Egypt. They won't recognize who Messiah is. Some of them are just opposed to it anyway. There's, there, there's some teachings that, that I've heard coming from some, from some very, uh, what I would call, I would say conservative Jewish people, you know, the Hasidic, whatever, whatever, they, whatever they are, the, the ones who are really, they have some strong opinions about Messiah. And why, why Jesus couldn't have been the Messiah. And of course, whenever I hear him say it, it's like, this, but that's not what Scripture says. That's not what the New Testament talks about. And where are you getting this information? They're, they're being lied to. But, but at the same time, God, God has basically said they're, they're, they have a, they're blind. They're blind to this. And Paul was very clear about that as well. Anyway, I, it's, it's, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a guy with a microphone. Here to tell you that uh, I'm not a financial counselor. Now, um, having said all that, um, this whole thing of, of violence. Now, now ben, ben Shapiro says there's going to be vi- violence. He's assuming that 
Trump supporters are, are violent people. Now, I've got to tell you, if they start screwing with our elections, if they start eliminating the democratic process of, re- of electing our representatives in our constitutional representative republic, if they start screwing with that process, and all in the name of protecting our democracy, I, something within me, something within me says, this is Second Amendment time. Not an insurrection, not a replacing of the government. Let's, let's just, in fact, this morning, one of the things I want to do is I want to look up the definition of the word insurrection. Of course, now you're probably not going to get the right, be interesting to see if we even get the right uh, thing here. Let's, let's look up, uh, define, here we go, not define, define insurrection. Define the definition of insurrection. Let's see what we can find here. All right, so what, what pops up here on DuckDuckGo? The act, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if this stuff has been changed since January 6th. Uh, the act of an instance, the act or an instance of open revolt against civil authority <clears throat> or a constituted government. A rising up, up quote, slash uprising. The act of rising against civil authority or governmental restraint specifically the armed resistance of a number of persons to the power of the state, incipient or limited rebellion. I, I tell you, this does not sound right to me. And I, I, th- this is coming from, uh, this is, out of, this is uh, Wordnik. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that that's been changed. An act or instance of revolting against civil authority or the establishment of government. Uh, okay, so mo- most of this is, is in here. It's insurrection, insurrection. Uh, insurrection noun. Add to words or uh, attempt to uh, group, group people to defeat uh, their government and take control of their country, usually by violence, armed insurrection, uh, synonyms, rebellion, revolt. Insurrection, an organized and usually violent act of revolt or rebellion against an established government or governing authority. Now, so you, you basically, if you just refuse to pay your taxes, you're, you're, that, that's insurrection, according to if you really read, you could read this is so general, it's unbelievable. Now, if you look at the general definition based on the way the Constitution is written in the 14th Amendment, now I'm not a, I'm not a constitutional scholar. Again, I'm not a lawyer. It's ta- it's, it was a bill that was introduced following the Civil War. Now, were the people on January 6th involved in an insurrection? No one has been charged with insurrection, nor has the president been charged or convicted with, with insurrection. And yet, so this, and this is where we get into this, this really sticky wicket here of just deciding that, yeah, it was an, it was an insurrection. Um, somebody recently, uh, who was it? Just uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden was, was uh, interviewed on his way to his car from, from, from his helicopter to the car, whatever, wherever he was going. I don't know where he was going. Somebody asked him if he was involved in an insurrection. He said, yes, absolutely. He was involved in an insurrection. It was 100%. 100% it was an insurrection. So he's, he's, he's guilty, according, according to Joe Biden. And he's, the, he's the guy who's head of the Justice, Justice Department, so right now it's, it's, he's already been tried, apparently. The president's not supposed to weigh in on stuff like that, to that degree. He's not supposed to pronounce anybody's guilt. They have to be very, very careful about that kind of thing. Especially, in my opinion, a, sitting, a former sitting president. In, so... What was happening there on January 6th? Let's, let's analyze this just a little bit more. What was actually happening here? P- 
people thought the election was stolen. They thought the election, not that the government needed to be changed, but that those who lead the government were, were, were being ripped off, were being, were being bamboozled here. Let's put a pause on this. Let's stop this. Of course, they would say, well, but, but Trump had alternate electors that were going to show up and they were going to go. How many elections? Yeah, I, I, just just how, how many elections do you suppose there have been where Democrats have lost? That they've had alternate electors. At the counting of the votes, the counting of the electoral votes. That they have had alternate electors there present that day. How many Democrat losses have there been since 1950 where alternate electors were there for the Democrats in the cases where they've lost the election? I'll tell you how many. Every single one of them. So don't tell me that just because there were alternate electors there from some states that Trump was planning to take over the government. It was an insurrection in some erection. This wasn't a battle of changing our government or, or, or changing the way we do government. This was a group of people who were upset with what they thought was legitimately a stolen election. That there, were, there was too many phony, there was too much phony business going on here. They didn't want to change. They didn't want to, and the people who were stepping in, they, they aren't the ones who wanted to take over. They simply wanted to restore our government. They felt that they were righting a wrong. Not that they were trying to take. Now, what's happening on the underbelly of all this corruption and things that are going on, especially from the leftists right now, and even people from the rhino Republicans and the the establishment Republicans. They're trying to usurp our government. They're the ones who are doing it sneakily, sneakily and in very slow, progressive ways, changing our government from an, an independent republic. And now they're at the point where they're basically saying, we're not going to let you vote for these people because he's a tyrant. Uh, no, you're the tyrant. You're the one who's telling us we can't vote for. You're taking democracy out of our hands. It blows my mind that they, they, they just continue to say how unpopular Trump is. Oh, he's a terrible person. and He's losing support. Nobody's going to vote for the guy anymore, but we're, we're still scared of the guy because he could win. Well, if he could win, then that means more. <laughs> what the? you're going against half the country here, basically. Probably more than half the country, really. At this point, they're really losing support. There was one individual, uh, he, he, he does a lot of uh, polling and he's, he was being interviewed by somebody on CNN, and he was just—he was all upset because he said this—this this is going to help Trump. This is this this thing with Colorado. He's—he's he is because he uses, he manipulates this kind of thing to to manipulate to be the victim. He plays the victim card really well. And he was all excited about Nikki Haley being you know more and more popular. She was gaining in popularity, and all she's she's out of the news cycle now because of this Colorado thing. So. So Trump can take in and can step in and take over and and uh, be, play the victim, and he plays it very well. He's never seen anybody play the victim card so well. 
you can tell he's disappointed and, and, and upset. And it's like, okay, so are you? You're a polar. You're, you know, you know. Maybe he wasn't trying to hide the fact that he was being very biased about not liking Trump and. and but these people, you know, and you, and you call these people. It was Joy Reid. Is that her name? She's being interviewed. She was interviewing uh, Vivek the other day, and or was it was it Vivek? Was it somebody? somebody? No, it was. It might have been Gomer. I gave you. Whoever it was, they said something about her being a, a a Democrat operative. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Gomer. It was somebody else. And he, she wouldn't let him answer the question. She'd, she'd ask him a question. And she wouldn't let him answer. She just kept interrupting him. She wouldn't wouldn't let him talk. She just kept talking over him. He kept trying to talk, and he he couldn't get a word in. And he said, "Well, we let me answer the question." He goes, "I know you're a Democrat operative." And she goes, "Oh, okay. We're done. We're done with this interview." Yeah, I've worked for the Democrat Party before. She was she really trying to pretend like she's some kind of non-biased centrist. I, I, I don't, I, she, she, that's like, like she's apolitical. She gets on there and talks about, the, the way she talks about white people is obviously, she's racist, obviously. Now, I want to get back to this whole thing about racism. And, and there are things I think that are called racism that are just racialism. It's, it's, it's that they use race, using race to manipulate and contrive and do things. That's not necessarily racism. Racism dispossesses a person. It, 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 ta it takes away from their, uh, it, it, it demoralizes and diminishes them. Just using race in a sense it, as, a, as a curmudgeon, as a, as a wedge, does not necessarily mean that they're racist but they are racialists. It's the next thing. It goes hand in hand with it. However, it is not necessarily racist. Being a, in my opinion, being the way I look at racism and the way that, and the reason that I think people are so appalled by that word is because it, by when you say you're racist, that means you're better than somebody else because of their race. That your race is somehow better than their race. Now, I think you could sit, call somebody a racist, even if they said, no, our, our race is not as good as that other race. The race I'm from is sub, 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 uh, subpar to the other race. Now, there, there are things, in my opinion, certain people groups, and if you look, if you poll them, if you look at their statistics over vast groups, if you want to generalize in, in terms of things, I, I, I believe there are things that people from India are able to do better than some Europeans. There are things that some Africans can do that are better than people from India. There are people from Japan, Japanese people who can do things better than some Europeans or some Africans. There are some Chinese that can do things better than some Japanese in, in terms of it, it's just there, there's different, ad, you know, there's different aptitudes. There's different cultural things that they've put emphasis on that they're able to do. They develop skills in certain ways. That's just part of culture. Some of it is genetics, obviously. And when you look at an overall group of individuals from a particular a cross section of a particular nation of people, they may have certain attributes. One group may be more flexible. One group may be shorter than another group overall. The average height of a certain 
person from Africa or the average height from a per certain per person from South America. Maybe there's going to be differences in the generalization of people's attributes, the people's just their genetic, genetic makeup. And because of that, they may have they, – they may be able to, to excel at certain things that other people can't. Other groups can't. So there's, there's going to be this thing kind of thing. That doesn't mean that we're not equal as far as our ability to be the best we can be at whatever we want to do. That's where the level playing field is. It, it just – but it's not that one is better than the other necessarily. It's like, that's like saying men are better than women. Well, it's some things they are, obviously. And there are some things that women are better than men. And I don't know what they are yet, but I, if you can find out, we can point it out. I'm, just, I'm joking. Obviously, women can... Yeah, I'm going to go there. Women can uh, bear children. Men can't even do that, by the way. Men can't have babies and they can't lactate and they can't, yeah. They're not a birthing person, they're a woman, okay? Let's just get that straight right off the bat. Let's just go right there. If you want to persecute me for that, then shame on you. I just, you're an idiot. That's, that, there you go. Some people and some people's kids. We have, um... So we have all this going on. I think racialism is a term that I, I, I tend to not use very much. I, I don't like to get in this whole – you know, whenever you get into an argument, it's like this lady calling this other lady a, a white supremacist. You're going to vote for, for Donald Trump. You're a white supremacist. Oh, OK. And you're a pedophile. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I mean, it just goes on from there. That's how ridiculous this stuff is. Now – Liz Cheney's selling a book, and you're going to see her paraded around out there again. Of course, she, she got a book deal. I think part of her deal with, with this whole thing, I think I talked about this yesterday. She was on Fox, and of course, she's talking about how this, you know, this guy shouldn't be allowed to be, you know. know. She, she approves of the, the position of the Colorado Supreme Court. Um, ironically, uh, I was surprised that, that the – the other candidates on the, in the Republican Party who are running for president disagree with the Colorado situation. Now, I, what they, how they feel about it off camera, they're probably salivating over this thing. They're hoping that he, he, he gets removed. I am not convinced. I've heard, I've heard several people on the right say, this, well, the Supreme Court's going to overturn this. I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I do not, first of all, I don't trust the Supreme Court. They may not even hear the case. And if they do, timing is everything on this thing. There, there are certain things in place with this whole, I think it's January uh, 4th or January 14th. I'd say sometime in January, like there's, the timing here is incredibly important in terms of the appeal and when the, when the Supreme Court makes an announcement of whether they will see it or not or whether they will uh, take it or not. Because apparently the Colorado Supreme Court was very cunning, very political really in, in their ruling and the way, they, the way they did this. They have put a a – a hold on the, on the decision until a certain time, making it almost, almost forcing their hand, forcing the hand of the Supreme Court to, to make a ruling within a certain amount of time or to, to at least make an announcement that they will take the case or not within a certain amount of time. This is, this is just power playing, much like what Jack Smith is trying to do when he 
when Trump appealed the issue to a higher court, well, then Jack Smith took it straight to the Supreme Court because he needs to have it dealt with right away. He's, he's playing. He's, it's a Hail Mary. He's, he's hoping that the Supreme Court will rule in his favor and that the uh, – I, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. It's, 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 I don't trust the Supreme Court at all. <clears throat> they're not looking at the law. The, the, the Supreme Court and the court itself has become more of a legislative branch. I knew that we had lost uh, a major foundational principle within the Supreme Court system when John Roberts came out and said, as a tax, in other words, he changed the law. He changed the bill. As a tax, the Affordable Health Care Act is constitutional. It was not meant to be a tax. When they went to Congress, they had to announce that it wasn't a tax. And when they went to the Senate, it was a tax. That's how, that's, they, they had to flip-flop on the issue when they argued before those bodies for the vote. And, and, the, and they knew it. They knew going into that. There were even some commentators, even on the left, saying that that was what was happening. So when it got to the Supreme Court, well, the Supreme Court had to change the law. Well, we're going to tweak this. If we, if we change this one, one law in this one line in here, then it's okay as a tax. That's not, that's not their job. They're not supposed to be involved in legislation. They're supposed to rule on is it legal or not, period. There you go. If it's not, send it back, redo it, send it back to us again. They wouldn't do that. They tweaked it and let it go through. That, in my opinion, is criminal. They are acting outside of their bounds as a judicial body. So that's my opinion, but I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not a Supreme Court judge. Not yet. I think my name's on a list. I won't say what kind of list. I have a, a lot more to, to say about that tomorrow um, because I'm going to look into this a little bit more. The, there's a lot more to it than what I thought. There, there were several things about the whole timing on the issue that I knew were going to be an issue. However, it, it's one of those things where I need to really dig deeper into this to, to figure out. And I'll try to relay that information to you and try to spell it out in plain English um, tomorrow morning best I can. Uh, there's an individual I'd like to talk to you like directly about this stuff. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that or not. But because um, he has pretty good insight on some, some of this kind of stuff. But, but now I'm kind of all over the place here. But, but again, this, this issue with ben, ben Shapiro and what he's saying about taking Trump off the ballots and how it's going to lead to violence. It's related, but it's not, uh, you know, kind of bouncing around with this whole thing. I, so I apologize for that. But it's, it's <clears throat> I want to be clear. I don't know that there will be violence. However, if, if they start, you know, there's like 30 more cases now between, you know, there are probably more I'm going to be coming up, more I'm going to be thrown out, I think, than overwhelmingly more are going to be thrown out than there are. However, if you remo start removing Trump from the swing states, it, that's it. It's done. They, you know, they've, they've accomplished their, their goal. 
And I think that there's going to be some of these swing states that you're, that are there may be some rising up and some issues there. Um, it is sickening. It, 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 I, when I first heard it, I was I literally was my stomach was turning. This really unnerved me, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't at all. Because I have to continue to remember that you know. Uh, God is on the throne. Now, I, I hear this thing all the time. Well, you know, God's in control. Yeah, God's in control. God is in control of his kingdom. He will not, and he knows what's, he's not surprised by anything. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's got a plan and he's got, you know, this is all, he knows what's happening. He's got to be, he's got our back on this whole thing. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that God is controlling everybody. This, this whole thing about I just saw this the other day. I saw, saw a clip. Was, this guy was talking about, um, did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Well, the way we look at Scripture and the way we see it in English, it looks like God hardened Pharaoh's heart because that's what it says. Well, that makes that's not fair for Pharaoh, is it? That's not. That's not. He made his heart hard. So how how can he be to blame for anything? It wasn't his fault. God made him that way, right? Let me just see if I can explain this in a story form for you. And maybe you've had this happen to you. Someone who comes up to you and they're trying to be very nice to you. They're trying to they're trying their best to be nice to you. And there's just something about them that just turns you off and you don't like anything about them. I mean, this this happened to me sometimes. There were certain cr- kinds of Christians, you know, the really radical ones who really believed everything and they were kind of real they kind of turned me off when I was younger. I was, I was, I grew, I was, I was raised in the church, but I, I didn't really like being around those kinds of people. Eh, they're a little too radical. They're a little about out there, out there. Boy, I, I wouldn't want to be one of those kind of people. You're out on the street, and somebody comes. You know, the Bible walks up to you and starts talking to you. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Go away, kind of thing. You know. That did. Did God harden my heart in that moment? Did that, that, did that person harden my heart? Well, they certainly didn't mean to. It was their presence that made my heart hard. I mean, now somebody walks up to me with a Bible and wants to talk to me. I'm, well, hello. Let's see what we agree on here. And if we don't, I'm going to let you know why you're wrong. <laughs> I've got a cup. In fact, this, I've been I've been drinking out of this cup for the last two weeks now. The cup says, "I'd agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong." Um, it, it's one of those things where you know, especially seeing where the where the person's coming from. Because there, there's there's issues that I I'll discuss with a person because it's not a salvation. It's not something that's going to you know matter about your salvation. It may it may make a difference in the way you walk out your faith and the you know the thing how successful you are in terms of. How, how you can accomplish things in the faith and, and be able to really have a closer walk with God. A better understanding of who he is, more effective uh, as a believer. But however, if it's not a salvation issue, now if somebody walks up to me and says that Jesus wasn't God, the Messiah wasn't actually God. He wasn't, he wasn't actually God. He was just a man well, I'm sorry. There were, now we have a problem. This is a salvation issue. 
because he, yes, he absolutely was God in the, in the flesh, incarnate. His, his entire personality, his entire makeup, he was the, the Torah incarnate. He was the word became flesh and dwelt among us. No other man could, could do that. So, now, so I got that off the table, or on, on, on whatever, you know, on, on the table, off the table, whatever, whatever, I got that out there. That's an issue I will not back down on. And there are other issues that I will, uh, you know, for instance, uh, what, you know, there's just all kinds of other, just name one, you know, should you be baptized three times forward? Okay, whatever. Whatever does it for you, that's... No, it's kind of a yeah. Just so you understand what's what's happening there in that process. The um, so so there you go. I did, now, I'm not sure where I was going with all that, but it's it's one of those things where um, when people try to argue. About certain things and, and being comfortable around. So, so did did Pharaoh? Did his heart become hard because God supernaturally made his heart hard? Heart? No. It, I think the, an easier way to understand that is to say, because of God, Pharaoh's heart was hardened because of his presence, because of his, because he was just in the room. Pharaoh's heart got hardened. That's how God hardened his heart. like me walking into the room okay let's say someone someone is in in a in a room and they know who that this other person there they believe this other person uh killed their mother and that person walks in the room that person is now angry bitter enraged wants vengeance on that individual as they're walking in the room their heart is very hard towards that person did that person make their heart hard no but their presence did that person didn't physically go in and make their heart hard and do something to no, but there's a reaction. I think that Pharaoh had a reaction to God and his presence. God made his heart hard. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Does that make sense? I I, I hope that that makes more sense of it. Pharaoh had free will, and he chose in the face of God, to harden his heart. His heart hardened because of God, God's presence. I think if Trump walks in the room with certain individuals, their heart hardens very quickly. They go into a rage. They go into this delusional freak-out mode, even if you just wear a red hat. Is the red hat making? No, red hat isn't doing it. It's, they're, it's just welling up their own problems. Their own issues. Recently, saw a, uh, a short with this uh, individual who, I guess, this this little restaurant or whatever it was, little bar tavern type place had a, had a drag queen hour or whatever they had at their at their at their little establishment, like a little restaurant. And that night, there's this in in this video, perfectly framed, by the way. 
uh, right in the camera. This guy walks up with a mask on, red hat. And he's not, he doesn't look very uh, manly. He, he's, he lights this, he's got this baseball bat and a Molotov cocktail. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't know how often I see people walking down the street with a baseball cap and a mask on and Molotov cap uh, cocktail in their hand. It's pretty obvious. I had this big, you know, rag hanging out the end of the, of the bottle. And a baseball bat. Walks up to this place. Kind of walks from around the corner. The car was probably in the, in the alley. Walks around the corner. Smacks the, uh, the window of this place several times. To get it. And of course, the way he's swinging the bat, you can tell he's never swung a bat before. So he's, he's swinging this bat. And he does like a fairy tale. It's like a fairy. I don't know what you're going to call it. Little Twinkle Toes. Light, lights the bottle and throws it like a, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave your imagination to that fill in the blank on that one. And then he, then he runs away. Uh, you couldn't, you couldn't have designed it any better than Jesse Small, Jesse Smollett, 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 whatever his name is, Juicy Smollett, uh, probably, you know, was, was probably, uh, the director in this, in this film. I don't, I don't know. He, he, it, it just, it was, everything about it was too phony to me. When I, when I first saw it, I was like, really, this is happening? And then I, I watched it again and I was like, and then I started noticing everything. Red hat, the way the guy was acting, the way he, it's just, none of it made any sense. And I, I just, I was taken back to the whole thing of, this is just, this is just a phony, this is, this is too much of a phony thing. I, I recently, you know, CGI, speaking of this, uh, you know, another subject, way jumping off the, the, the thing here. There's, there's, there's this one guy that, that does a lot of, he's, he's a military analyst type person does a lot of stuff about, you know, they'll see, you'll see videos of an operation of some kind, somebody doing something, they'll, they'll be screwing something up with a gun or do, doing something screwy with, you know, art, artillery, whatever it is, um, or just any, any kind, of, kind of action. He's trying to explain what's going on. And so they're, they're playing this video of a helicopter. It's, there's a camera on the tail, on the underbelly tail of a, what looks to be a, Ukrainian helicopter attack. It looks like he's chasing and, and shooting at another helicopter. I looked at it at first and I was like, there's something not quite right here in this video. And I, as, as I'm watching it and this guy pops on and starts analyzing the whole thing. And I thought at any minute, he's going to say, this is fake. This is CGI. This is a, this is a video game. I watched it again just to make sure. But when you look at things like smoke coming from another, uh, or the blast of something, if you, and then I noticed the camera was on a gimbal because it was, it, it remained solid with the horizon point. And there was all, all these other things. Focus was never out on anything for all the way to the horizon. Everything was in focus. Everything was good. The blast from the missiles that were shot from this helicopter hit the camera and the camera was fine. Not a speck, not nothing on the, the lenses. The lenses were completely clear. You know, it's the whole video was completely clear and nothing. It was, this does not happen in real life. Let alone, I don't know that anybody in Ukraine has the time to strap cameras on their tail. I, it, 
There was no, there was no weird vibrations in the helicopter. I, I, I dare you to strap a, a camera, even a good GoPro with, with all kinds of stabilizing technology on the thing, strap it to the tail of a helicopter, fly it around in a combat situation, shooting missiles, and see if there's not some kind of weird vibration happening. That camera is going to be shook up. So at some point, it's not going to look right. Something's going to go out of focus. Something's going to happen to it. For a brief, at least even a brief second, you can do a lot in post, but I don't think anybody would have spent the time doing much in post there. I just don't know what's... And this guy comes on and starts analyzing this thing like it actually happened. Like this was an actual video. It was not. This was CGI. This was a video game. This was a simulator. I, the graphics on simulators are incredibly good now. But there are some, some things they just cannot emulate with regard to reality. I spent a lot of time in the air. And I just, there was no haze in this picture. Weather was perfect. I, it just, I, there, there's just no way. And then you get into things like lighting, stability. All the other things that happen like that. It just, no, it's just, it's not possible. Now, I, it's, you know, it's one, again, it's one of those things where I've, I've spent a lot of time in video and audio world. And maybe my eye is just kind of trained to certain things. And I can just, I just have a six, you know, call it a sixth sense. It's just, it's just a time spent doing it that you recognize when something's off, something's not right. I've seen some deep fakes of people saying things, and I, right away I recognize it. This person's not blinking. The person's not. The facial expressions don't match what they're what they're saying. It's, something's not right. And come to find out, it's a deep fake. I, it looks real. I mean, if you're just. Listening to it from, you know, from the, and this is, this is where we're going, folks. Where are we going to be in 10 years with this stuff? Even experts will probably not be able to be, you know, uh, to be able to see through this stuff without some kind of deep analysis of the video itself. You know, looking at bit rates and all the, all the metadata. Very difficult to see this stuff. And of course, this is going to be, you know, think what the news is doing now, just with their, with their words and what they're saying. They're, they're going to start putting words in people's mouths. It's, we're heading there, folks. We're, it's, it's just a matter of time. We can fight back against it now, but it's just a matter of time. But I guarantee you they will do it because, they, again, the end justifies the means with these people. And they are passionate about it because they cannot lose power. They believe they're the only ones who can be our saviors. That's where we are at this point. Well, folks, I'm going to try to try to tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to have a live show this week. Uh, now, I have gotten a tentative schedule for next month. So let me give you at least a brief idea. Oh, great. And my calendar just did something weird here. Um, I'll give you a brief idea of what my, uh, the show will be like next month. Now there's going to be, uh, the, the beginning of the month, right, the very first, the, the week between, I guess I should, should say the week between uh, Christmas and New Year's, there probably will be a show the 28th and 29th, um, possibly on the 27th, um, through the Christmas weekend, um, 
into the first part of that week, the 25th, 26th, and 27th. I probably will not be a show that week. Uh, but there, however, there, there might, there may be the 28th and 29th. Now, as we get into the, the following week, uh, New Year's Day, probably not going to be a show that day. Um, probably not going to be a show on the second. Possibly going to be a show the third and the fourth. Uh, there will be a show probably on the fifth, which is a Friday. Um, then that following week, we're back to Thursdays and Fridays being pretty much uh, absolute uh, shows on those days through the 19th. So the, the uh, 18th and 19th, the 11th and 12th, 18th, 19th. And then that last week of January, who knows? That is that is still very much up in the air. Probably going to be a Friday show. So through the through the month of January, almost always a Friday show. Um, and let me just say that I'm kind of considering doing live shows on Friday again. So I'm kind of thinking about doing. So just to keep you up to date on that, that's probably where things are going to go um, in the meantime. But uh, for this, as far as the rest of this month goes, uh, tomorrow, of course, there'll be a show. And hopefully... I don't think it's going to be a live show tomorrow. Probably not going to do that. Uh, however, I do hope to have more content uh, with, re- with regard to uh, audio content, recordings, statements that people have made. Because I think it's very important. I, I'm going to get, uh, tomorrow I want to get into more a little bit about this FBI agent that was uh, recently uh, found guilty of all this stuff that was going on during the Trump. He was actually the, the legs behind most of this. And I guarantee you there's ties to Peter Strzok and Andy McCabe and all those other guys that were doing the stuff that they were doing with the Trump-Russia collusion and everything else that was going on with that whole thing. Uh, We'll talk about a little bit more about the Joe Biden thing, the Hunter Biden thing, and all that kind of stuff, because there is more just to talk about with that, uh, with regard to the things that are are coming out now with the investigations going on. It's just very rich. Folks, pray for our nation, and we'll continue to press on. God bless. Have a great rest of your day.